In this week's Big Tech Show, we talk to the Dublin startup that wants to help big companies stop making stupid, embarrassing mistakes with their AI, such as telling people to eat rocks as part of a healthy diet. Basic definition of hallucination is say, stating something very confidently, but in fact, it's factually incorrect. This AI technology is very good at stating something very confident, mimicking human-level confidence, but then they could be factually incorrect. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. On the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry, I'm delighted to be joined by trichologist Claire Fulham, chatting all things hair loss. I remember then going, I'm losing a bit more hair, like I could see hair everywhere. It was all okay. over my desk oh, wow. and work okay. everywhere. And so I went to my GP, she found five big patches on my scalp, one the size of my fist. So I was like, right, what am I going to do about this? Give me a plan. She just looked me dead in the eye and said, there's nothing you can do. I went on list for dermatologist. She had a cancellation and she very quickly said, yes, you have alopecia areata. As ever available on all podcast platforms. Just as the RTE crisis seemed to be nearing its conclusion, the situation now seems as stark as ever. The board has no chairperson. There are revelations about more exit payments being made, even since the new director general arrived to clean up the mess. And the media minister is locked in a fight for her own reputation. Is it the case from your perspective that your blood was up going up to RTE that night to do prime time? And that's why you ended up throwing her under the bus on television last Thursday night. Certainly not. It started with the toy man. Now we have politicians calling Kevin Backhurst the tea man for his apparent silence as Shuni Rahala was misinforming Catherine Martin. Why, why bother summon him at all? Was he there to make the tea? That is amazing. I'm Kevin Doyle, and today on this extra episode of the Indo Daily, I'm joined by Fionan Sheehan, Ireland editor with the Irish Independent, to discuss the mounting pressure not just on Catherine Martin, but also on RTE's Director General, Kevin Backhurst, after another feisty evening in the Oireachtas Media Committee. Fionan, the first thing I want to clear up, what stood out to me from those three and a half hours was Catherine Martin saying that this row had developed over the course of the day. Shuni Rahala was told that she was going to get a letter, basically a strongly worded letter, let's call it what, what, what it sounded like, that she indicated if she received such a letter, she might resign. That's all bubbling away. Meanwhile, Catherine Martin is determined to go to RTE to do her primetime interview, learns on the way there that somebody has media queries in about a row going on in the background between the minister and the chair of the board. And she then leaks that story to RTE, but was surprised that Miriam McCallaghan asked her if she had confidence in the chair of the board. Have I got it right? Yeah, effectively, Catcher Martin went out to do an interview with RTE and planted a question with RTE and said, ask me this. But has since said that she didn't expect Mary McCallaghan to ask if she had confidence in the chair of yeah, the board. Yeah, didn't see the follow-up. So you've got a cabinet minister going on live television to dump all over the chair of a state board, severely criticise her, say that she has sent her a letter of censure and that she has summoned her to a meeting the following day and not expecting to be asked, do you have confidence uh, in that uh, state board chair? Now... Catra Martin was repeatedly asked last night, who knew about this? Where did it get out into the media? Who was asking the questions? You can shed a bit of light on that. 
Yeah, so so word was was coming out uh, last Thursday of of some new issue in RTE. And look, these are kind of dime a dozen at at, at this stage. Sometimes uh, they are very big, and sometimes they are very small. So as as the evening was was progressing, we were hearing there was something about Shuni rally remuneration committees, uh, exit packages, and so on, which. It seemed kind of strange because it seemed quite clear that there were new structures had been and processes had been put in place by Shuni Rally and Kevin Backers to ensure that there was proper corporate governance. So it was difficult to understand. So what what's this latest uh, row about? So we're putting out feelers around the place, and as the, the night progressed, it became quite clear that you know, th- there was a, a serious issue. So at that point, we're putting questions through directly uh, to Catherine Martin's uh, officials uh, and to RTE and to the board uh, about what exactly is is going on here and, and direct questions. That was around about half eight. So yeah, but, I'm going to breach your confidence here, Fiona, a little bit because I'm going to read you a, a WhatsApp that you sent me at 10 to 9. So this does fit with Catherine Martin's timeline of arriving in RTE at 9 o'clock and learning about this where you had, you basically, you sent me a message hearing anything about a fresh blow up with RTE with Catherine Martin suddenly realising the RTE chair knew about the payments to Coveney and Collins. That was basically the question that was being asked at yeah, that moment. Yeah, in in a nutshell, uh, that was it, and it was very. It, it was eight forty nine. That message arrived, yeah, just to be precise. And and those those queries were going in from about half eight uh, onwards, and it was hard to understand because we knew quite clearly last summer and last autumn, two people left the organisation: Rory Coveney and, and Richard Collins, and in both cases there were exit packages. And you'd kind of have to say, you'd kind of assume that. The chair, at the very least, knew about them, whether it was board sign-off uh, or not. Um, you know, that, that was never never abundant, abundantly clear. But you couldn't see Kevin Backhurst, after all that was going on in RTE, agreeing to those payoffs without at least clearing them uh, up the ladder. These were not like the secret payments of the past, where things were kept from people and protocols were, were not uh, followed. And Kevin Backhurst had actually spoken uh, at a, a a committee meeting uh, the previous week about this new structure that, that was in place and it seemed to be fine. And I remember asking Catherine Martin last October on the day that it was announced that uh, Richard Collins had left RTE. It was the day after the budget. Uh, she was doing a press conference. She was been asked about money for RTE and we were asking her, Richard Collins has just been announced he's left. What did he get? And she said, oh, I was informed about it, but I can't go into any detail and I don't know and it's not my job and blah, 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 blah. And it was all very hands off. Can I ask you that exact point? Because this has, I won't say it bugged me over the last few days, but it has occurred to me. Why is this such a big controversy now when it wasn't last October? Yeah, so so wasn't last June um, when Rory, Rory Coveney left and Kevin Backer said at the time, that people are entitled to to payment of some some sort. He said statutory payments, which implies a very small, but that there was quite clearly some some sort of money there. And with Richard Collins, he was dropped off the executive management team. Another person was put into effectively his job. There was a process going on, a HR process, which turned into a mediation process. So it was quite obvious when he left in October, this is a payment. Uh, so it would appear that the minister and officials weren't paying a whole lot of, of attention to it at that time. It's only in recent weeks when the issue around exit payments 
packages and golden handshakes out of RT that suddenly a bit of pressure started being applied in terms of like, well, if people in RTE knew this and did the board did or didn't know about it, well, what about the minister in the department? Did they know about it? And suddenly Catherine Martin is getting asked, well, did you know and did the board know and so on and so forth? On the Monday, there was a question about the knowledge of um, the Rory Coveney exit package and did she in fact um, know that it wasn't a straightforward resignation and not tell me? And she admitted, yes, I did know and I should have told you and I'm sorry. Okay. And then that led on to the Monday and the two meetings on Wednesday. So it, it's still difficult to ascertain what exactly was the big issue here. If basically Catcher Martin is saying it was unintentional. To, to finish our earlier story, Catcher Martin is getting these press queries. She arrives at RTE. She suddenly realizes, oh my God, there are press queries and this story is about to break. I better tell RTE to ask me about it while I'm going uh, on, on air. So, you know. She leaked it to RTE. She leaked it to RTE, asked me this question. She suddenly went from being an add on to, to prime time to basically the main event on it uh, and for 20 minutes. And she was basically asked this question about. So What's what's all this uh, issue about? And she confessed all. No, she didn't confess all. She left out pertinent details. She left out uh, that Shuni Raleigh had indeed informed the Department of Richard Collins' departure uh, last October. She left out all of the contacts with Shuni Raleigh across that day. She certainly didn't mention that Shuni Raleigh was threatening to resign. So it does look like uh, Catherine Martin was trying to tee up a, a situation here. The Sinn Féin TD, Thomas Gould, said this was a setup. that basically she went out there and it was going to be quite clear that, that Shuni Raleigh's position was going to become untenable, but that there was cover here for the minister because hadn't she written a letter and hadn't she summoned her to a meeting? It's kind of extraordinary what played out last night at the Oireachtas Committee, but it struck me as very interesting and I know discussing this with some of our political colleagues felt it well they were just lowly senators making that there isn't a mood here against Kevin Backhurst but I was surprised that there were a number of people at that committee meeting who said if you don't have confidence in Shun Nirahala how can you possibly have confidence in Kevin Backhurst because he sat in his hands and said nothing even though he knew all this information Yeah the point being made about Kevin Backhurst was that, that he's guilty of the same crime as Shun Nirahala and the answer back from the minister was, well, my relationship is with was with the board. I'm the minister. The chair of the board is the person uh, who answers directly to me and with whom uh, I, I communicate. So the question back was, well, what was Kevin Backer doing? Was he there to make the tea? It's not consistent to say that you have confidence in him and no confidence in the chair because your relationship was with the chair and he's actually running the ship. He's the paid executive on hundreds of thousands of euro to run the ship. And you say that you have confidence in him while he sat there and allowed the misinformation be spoken to you. So, uh, you know, th- th- there is that... A fair that, question. There is that quandary there. I mean, if you're sitting inside in a, in a meeting and a question is asked and the wrong information is, is provided, do you not seek to correct the, the situation? No. What's emerging over the course of the last week is that it, it would appear that Kevin Backers was the one who highlighted to Shun Nirahali that you didn't provide the right information there. Let's go off and check and go back to it again. And that's how Thursday's events uh, panned out. But from the members of the Oireachtas Committee's perspective, that's, that wasn't good enough for them, really. What they were saying was, well, listen, this is a very formal meeting. These are very serious uh, issues. 
the incorrect information was being provided and yet there was somebody in the room who had the correct information. Now, this isn't the first time that this has happened in the RT saga. It's happened inside in that very Oireachtas Committee hearing room where people have given information. Somebody else in the room knew that that wasn't the case uh, and yet the record wasn't corrected. So again, it's kind of an example of in the case of this RTE saga, you need to ask very specific questions and you pretty much need to drag information out. Now, is it a fair argument, and I've heard it in defence, that if you are sitting in a room with, Shunya Rale isn't Kevin Backhurst's boss, but it is kind of that relationship, she is the chair of the board, that you don't rat your boss out in front of them and go, I think you're wrong there, that you go yeah. afterwards and you have a quiet word and go, I didn't want to embarrass you in front of the minister, but actually I think you mixed that up. Yeah, the minister's point is that she asked these questions on Monday and Wednesday of last week, that she was twice given the information, the, the wrong information, and then when Shunya Rale came back to her, she wasn't. Uh, she wasn't impressed uh, at all because the minister said she was asked about this earlier on the week and she in turn had given the wrong information because she said there was no board uh, involvement. Now again, we, we don't know exactly what question was asked. So if the question was, did the board approve payments to Rory Coveney and uh, Richard Collins? Then the answer is no. Did the board approve uh, payments to uh, Rory Coveney? No. Did the board approve payments to Richard Collins? No. Was a board subcommittee involved in approving the payment to Richard Collins? Well, yes, is the answer to that one. And that seems to be the technical detail that that the minister felt was some form of final straw in her relationship with the the chair of RTE. I think what she was trying to say that she asked the question why personally it was uh, Shu and Yurahala, were you involved in this process? And I think that's Junior Rala was because she was the chair of that subcommittee. Yeah, but I you mean, could the, get lost in these technicalities. You could get lost in that because what's the process? I mean, the process was there was a mediation process. I mean, she wasn't involved in that. She was involved at the tail end when the deal, when the deal was struck and it was getting signed off. Kevin Backers brought that deal to the board subcommittee in order to get it approved. So to ask Junior Rally, were you involved in this process? And she says no. Well, that's fair enough because she wasn't involved in the process. She was involved in approving the process. In approving the process, yeah. So it is, it is quite complicated. What the picture that Catherine Martin is presenting to us is that oh, this isn't the first time I wasn't given the information. You'd have to say as well, this isn't the first time that Catherine Martin asked, failed to ask questions. This issue came up last October. Didn't ask questions then. The issue Rory Coveney arose last July. Didn't ask questions then. The issue of the Ryan Tuberty payments emerged last March, April, when RTE uh, initiated, the RTE board initiated an investigation. They hired the biggest accountancy firm, one of the biggest accountancy firms, one of the biggest legal firms in the country to investigate two suspicious invoices that they had found and could not get an adequate explanation for. In the board chair, Shuni Rally, informed the department at that time about this. There doesn't seem to be any queries or curiosity about it whatsoever. Nobody jumped on it until a story broke in the Irish Independent that there yeah. was a, a controversy brewing. And Catcher Martin doesn't seem to have been going over and back going, do you want to keep me posted on that or what's that about? Where we know from Kevin Backhurst that there were updates as things were going along coming back from those carrying out the investigation about what was emerging. In a word, Fiona, because we'll, we'll elaborate on it in a second, give me marks out of 10 for Catcher Martin at the Oireachtas Committee. No, like, like in she a gets, word, she got to six. I mean, it, six. It, it, okay, it, was, so it was grand. Yeah, but she I mean, didn't fall down any black holes. No, is my point. No, well, she, she, she is, was she was put under pressure now a couple of times um, by Brendan Griffin in particular, who wasn't going on about this specific issue. He was going on about specifically about information provided uh, to the department uh, by RTE 
and how much they were interrogating that, how much they were filtering it. And the answers back seem to be, in one case, well, we got a batch of information from RT back in November, but it's taken us a long time to read it. Yeah, and, and then just kind of stuff. Uh, on another issue, there was like, well, we have a meeting with RTE once a month about this issue, but we're not involved in it whatsoever. We're just told what's happening, and you're kind of going, "What are you? What are you like? Are you in the? I mean, are, are the department officials also making the tea? I mean, th- this is the question here. If, if department officials are in a room and they're being given an update and they don't give any feedback whatsoever, well, then what on earth is the point? Well, the, re- uh, the reason I the reason I asked you for a score is because six, right? Well, not fantastic. It's enough for her to come out of this. And the real politic of it is that Eamon Ryan isn't touching his deputy leader who wants to be the leader. The Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil are quite happy for this to be a green crisis. It's not great for the government, but look, if they're... If the likes of you, Fiona, are firing all your guns at Catherine Martin, then you're not looking at them for a few days. So there is no real challenge to her position. The minister will not be gone. Nobody's talking about putting down no confidence motions. But we have now heard her version of events. We haven't really heard Shuni Rahala's version of events. Do you think that Shuni Rahala will come before a committee or will fight back because she was, in many ways, dumped upon last night. If, if Catherine Martin drove the bus over her on prime time, she reversed it last night at the committee. Yeah, and this, this, this is politics that a, a minister in trouble will double down and choose to blame uh, other people. And that's exactly what Catherine Martin did, did, did last night. She chose uh, to, to, to basically uh, have a go at, at Shoni Rally. I, I don't see her doing that. I think she's quite. She'll go a, quietly into the I night. think she's quite a dignified person, and she's just gonna just gonna move on uh, from from this uh, whole affair. You'd have to say, you know, a week later, are RT in a better position now without that, that this person as chair? No, they're they're certainly not. There's now kind of a scramble going on to find somebody else to be RT's chair. This is somebody who came in eighteen months ago, and you'd have to say has done a lot of work in terms of cleaning up an organisation that was pretty murky for a part time job. Not even a, a part-time job. She's she's been waiving her fees and and, and so on, and it's kind of consistent with other uh, um, other boards that that she has chaired. That that she's quite thorough. That she adheres to processes. That she makes sure that that structures uh, are in place, and and where issues arise, she seeks to to get uh, to the bottom of it. It would appear from everything that we've heard about Catherine Martin and the manner in which she has handled this affair over the last twelve months. There's been a lot of panic going on in Catherine Martin's office. We're not clear who exactly is advising her uh, on on these these matters. Certainly, some of the decisions that have been taken are, are highly questionable, and her judgment uh, is really coming under scrutiny now. Okay, but this controversy, I think, I take from that, is going to wrap up in the next couple of days or uh, one more Sunday newspaper cycle at best. Where are we going? Next, yeah, the Catcher Martin. Saga. I mean, Catcher Martin was never really in in danger here, unless things started to escalate last Friday and the board of RTE had resigned and there was some other developments. Then it would have been a full blooded uh, crisis of confidence in in Catherine Martin as, as minister. That didn't happen. So that things have moved on. And once government was rallying around her, that was that was it. Uh, where it goes next is Catherine Martin did divulge also yesterday that the reports into Artie's finances and and governance and structures that she commissioned are still not ready. They were due this month. They're now not ready. Uh, So they're expected next month. From there, some form of reforms of RTE internally and their external source of revenue is supposed to be sorted. Government is more 
at odds of that than ever. Catcher Martin wants to abolish the licence fee. Pascal Donahue said yesterday, yeah, grand, if you're going to abolish the licence fee, where are you getting 150 million quid from? So it's going to be, your granny's not getting a hip operation because RTE is getting getting this money. Uh, Leo Varadkar is pointing out that he doesn't want a situation where Taoiseach Mary Lou MacDonald, who is suing RTE, is also determining how much money they get the following uh, week. And Michal Martin is implacably opposed to the removal of the TV licence. He believes in public sector broadcasting. He believes there should be a contribution directly from the public so they have some ownership of it. So I don't see this matter getting resolved anytime soon. So another fine mess and on we roll towards local and European elections. My thanks to Fiona Sheehan. I'm Kevin Doyle and this extra episode of the Indo Daily was produced by Ian Doyle with sound by Rory Bones. Archive clips were from RTE, Aroctus TV and the Irish Independent. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to follow the podcast and leave us a review. This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919, 1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts.